Well, happy holidays and an early happy new year, and welcome to our final regular season edition of Rams All Access with a Super Bowl champion, DeMarco Farr, and a Pro Bowler, Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm JB Long. Week 17 edition with the 49ers coming to the Coliseum on a throwback weekend. We'll see the yellow and royal uniforms uh, for the Rams. We will not see some of their starters. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about playoff implications and a whole lot more on this edition, but let's start with... 2017 NFC West champions. I have not seen you guys since Nashville. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and a safe trip home. What was it like flying home with the team uh, in your t-shirts and hats? Couldn't get any sleep. No, they tried were loud. Get, I tried to get some rest. Uh, no, it Good was for a, them. It, it was fun. I, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, guys were singing and Jamon Brown got on the mic and sang. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. he could sing like that. He could sing. Yeah. Roger Saffold tried and got booed, and Johnny Hecker just wouldn't allow anyone to sleep. Yeah. He just kept getting on the mic. It was fun. They Look, well-deserved um, celebration on a plane ride home. That's the way it's supposed to be. And, and I think that it, it was beautiful that it was a long plane ride yeah. home, too. It wasn't like a 40-minute one from yeah. Sam Fran. We're just going up and down. This was a four-hour flight where you can get it all out. They had a good time. Everybody was celebrating. Coaches were having a good time. Uh, we saw we, a bunch of coaches came back to us, and I mean, it was, cool. was it was yeah. it was one of the better plane ride homes that that I've been a part. Everyone, of. Everyone, trainers, you know, equipment staff, all wearing hats and t shirts. Fun, 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 fun. Knowing that you would get home, you'd have the Christmas holiday Monday, yeah. the day off Tuesday. And McVeigh wrapped up his locker room speech by saying, "We'll see you on Wednesday." Well, uh, well oh. I think the biggest thing about that is when I was talking to some of the players uh, on some of the you know. The, the Rams have been winning, going on winning streaks, and I was like, "Man, I I know coaches giving you guys some see you Wednesdays." And Jared was like, "He doesn't believe in that. He doesn't believe in those." So obviously, to get a see you Wednesday uh, is really important, and it was something that yeah. got the team going again. Like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's on our video when we uh, in '99 when Dick Vermeil finally said it. I mean, there was a, like a calm and a hush. Like he's going to say it, and he goes. See you Wednesday. And we just go berserk. Yay! Right. Head to the phone. Make your plane tickets now. I'm leaving. Yeah, we're going. Absolutely. Division champs for the first time since 03. DeMarco, just hearing you on the field post game, it seemed like you were getting a bit emotional. It was Maurice and I were looking at each other like, how special is this? Can you give us a sense of what was going on and what made you feel that it way? It was cool seeing guys run off the field like uh, the guys that just got here. Uh, seeing Wade Phillips walk off the field. Um, you know, seeing Roger Saffold, who was injured about. 10 minutes before, 15 minutes before, walk off, half grimace, half smile. Like, so satisfied. We actually got this done. Longest tenured Ram, Roger Longest Saffold. tenured Ram. Like, you know, fine, I'm in pain, but I don't care. I'm a division champs. Watching these guys jump up and down one by one, go into the locker room. But the coolest thing was, so you've got Sean McVay in there and most of the team, and he's asking, is everyone in? And they say, Todd's not here yet. And they kind of wait until they see him, and then the place just goes bananas. I mean, really just goes bananas. So to me, like, MVP of the league, that would be great. The hardware would be awesome. That guy is most valuable to his own team, and that that showed it to me. We can't celebrate until he's with us. We'll talk about Gurley for MVP in a segment of this edition of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr, MJD. I'm JB Long. Let's talk about what's available on Sunday at the Coliseum first in Game 2 against the San Francisco 49ers. A 3 or a 4 seed available to the Rams, who have already clinched the division, cannot get up to a first-round playoff bye. Uh, They will host uh, an NFC Championship game, though, if Philly or Minnesota were to slip up, potentially 
if they stay in that three spot. So winning's still significant, but not significant enough for McVay to play a lot of his veteran starters, including Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, and Jared Goff at quarterback. What'd you make of this week so far and how McVay's handled it, including the decision to rest starters for Week 17? Well, I've been in this situation once, and uh, it was in 2007. We were locked in the five seed, and um, Coach Derry... Coach Jack Dario made the same decision. He was like, look, there's no reason we're going to Houston. We Whether we win or lose, it wasn't going to change anything for us. We were locked into a seed, um, and we knew we were going to Pittsburgh. And so in that situation, you know, he we had one practice on one field with uh, the OC. and or I, I'm, he, well, It might not have been the OC. They, literally, we had one practice on one field with guys that were going to play against Houston, and then everyone else was on the underfield going over things for Pittsburgh and just kind of getting familiar with it and how we're going to do things. We already played them early in the year. And so uh, that that practice on the other side was more of a walkthrough where I was. Uh, the practice in Houston was a little bit more aggressive. But I think, again, uh, Coach McVay's done the best, the great, have made a great decision saying that the second season is all that matters now, right? Every game in the NFL is important until you clinch. And then once you clinch, now you have to focus on the second season and being healthy. And we've starting to see a lot of Rams going IR, right? Matt Longacre, uh, Greg the Legs, Zerline. Which made me sad, right? So yeah. you're starting to you're, the injury bug is starting to kind of hit the the the, mar- the marathon is coming to an end, and you're seeing a lot of people not make it. So this is an extra bye week that you probably wouldn't have had. If you would, if you wouldn't have clinched. Before I get to Marco's thoughts on this, I'll just point out the difference between the scenario that you're describing the one time in your career is knowing your opponent. The Rams right. don't have that yet in terms of this week's preparation and getting a week ahead. It will be either Atlanta, Carolina, Seattle, or New Orleans, depending on how the games finish this weekend, uh, setting up the wild card round. Demarco, you want to weigh in on resting starters? Well, yeah, I'm glad there wasn't much pushback on it. I mean, it's it's the exact right choice. I mean, it doesn't matter who your opponent is if you go in there without a Todd Gurley, without a Jared Goff, an Andrew Whitworth, anything can happen. John Sullivan? Anybody. Any, if you lose anybody at this point, I'm talking about any football team, then your postseason and hopes, you know, change a lot. Um, so uh, the game with San Francisco, of course it matters. It's a rivalry game. Of course, you want to see what Garoppolo's got against your best because that's going to set up next season. But the right thing to do is protect your guys. Um, and I don't worry about picking your spots or picking your opponent because when you get right down to it in the NFC, it's all wide open. Anyone can beat anyone. I don't think seeding matters at this point. I was going to ask if you have a preferred opponent for January at the Coliseum. Okay. No. I'm, no. I'd rather face. I'd rather face Carolina. Really? You're going to say that to Cam Newton? I'd rather face Atlanta. They were just in the Super Bowl. You, you rather Julio? face Drew Brees? He's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Where's the easy touch there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm sitting back and I, I'm just thinking. Do you want to face Seattle after you put a whipping on them? That would be my preference. A lot of people. I mean, it sounds good, but for some reason. The Seahawks defense came alive against. Yeah, yeah there's something Kelly, emotional right? to like, it. Right. And it, it, there's Jason pri- Voorhees. That thing ain't dead yet. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you have a. You <laughs> it's have coming a, back. <laughs> you have a lot. Like, there's a lot of issues. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. But I, just working in the national media and being able to, like, talk to different writers and different people, a lot of people are nervous about the Rams. And, and that's, and that's big. So you have the opportunity now to rest players, make sure, you know, Todd's able to get his legs back underneath him. He'll be fresh uh, for the wild card. Jared Goff will be fresh. He's not going to get banged up. Your center is an older guy. He's not going to be roughed up. Your left tackle is going to be able to heal up a little bit more. And then you get guys reps. I mean, we, yeah. we talked about reps. You're going because as the playoffs go, I only played in the divisional round, and I mean, we were seeing guys fall apart in the divisional round. Well, just remember, go back to Tennessee for a half second when Roger Saffel was on the deck. 
when he laid down for a second and you thought about the Rams' numbers at offensive line, oh, man, that changes everything. Now imagine not having one of those guys moving into the postseason. So what's the right move if you're Sean McVay? Protect your starters. There's Get no, them out. There's no sense in playing for something that is a maybe, sort of, if right. that's three weeks down the road, which would be the potential right to host that NFC Championship game. But uh, how about one week removed, which would be yeah. potentially the choice of Philadelphia or Minnesota? I asked the same question last week. Now that you've seen Nick Foles in prime time against the Raiders, is, is there a part of you that might actually prefer, if you're fortunate enough to win your wild card game, to go to Philadelphia rather than Minnesota? It you, don't matter. You know, it's funny. Um, we did this power ranking today, just ranking the top 10 teams. I actually had Minnesota and Philadelphia rounding out the bottom. Not because of their seeding and what they've done. It's how they're playing in December. Case Keenum has been sacked, what, 13 times this month. Right. There's something going on there. And their their defense is good and great, but they haven't really defended that well. Same thing in Philadelphia. They're good. I'm not sure if you can defend a Nick Foles that's not playing well when you have to punt five, six times in a game. Versus these playoff teams. Well, you saw Oakland go out there, and 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 the the, the thing is, when you're a cold weather team, you have to play football a certain way, and that's the only thing that scares me about Minnesota is they play that type of football where they're going to run the ball, they're going to check the ball down. The receivers are both route runners; they'll catch the ball. But you know, Philly is more of a high flying, you know, was. hot, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to do this, we're going to run sideways, and all these RPOs that doesn't work when it gets cold. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to go forward. And it may not work with Nick Foles. Yeah, and it, and it may not work with Nick Foles. So you, I, I think, again, at the end of the day, you have to take care of – you have to look for the near future. You can't look past your nose. And, and that's Coach McVay saying, look, we just need to be healthy. Because it doesn't matter who we're playing against. We feel like we have a great chance against anyone. All that being said, can we start the next segment with this? There is no part of me that thinks that Sean McVay doesn't want to beat the 49ers with whoever is up and active, including oh, yeah. Sean Mannion on Sunday. I think he would love to do a bunch of things. One, go from four and twelve to twelve and four. I mean, that would be special. Yeah. Every quarter of the season, three and one. That's a nice pattern to establish for a franchise that hadn't done that in a long time. But then also, everyone around the league right now is talking about Jimmy G and the rising rivalry between these quarterbacks in the NFC West. And let's let's come back and talk about what that means to potentially have a chance to finish the season with 12 victories and sweep the San Francisco 49ers. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA. All right, back on Rams All Access, Week 17 edition, the San Francisco 49ers are coming to the Coliseum, a chance to get a 12th win for the Rams, the 2017 NFC West champions, and sweep the season series with San Francisco. Uh, How much of McVay do you think is committed to getting ready for the wild card round? And how much do you think uh, of McVay wants to captain Sean Mannion and the Rams to a home win to cap the regular season? All five foot seven of him. How tall is he? Every ounce of his body wants to win. You know, this is the one thing that that shocked me when when the news got out that Sean McVay wasn't going to play his starters. Um, Why did everyone concede victory? Why did you assume this guy is playing to lose? He's just protecting his main guys. I, I think he'll use it to motivate the guys who are up. Exactly. You know, I, they need it. I always thought from a San Francisco perspective, what's your motivation in playing Garoppolo? He's your guy. He just hung 44 on Jacksonville. Why play him? Why put more tape out there? That, that's my question. Seriously. You're, why? you're driving up your own price, potentially. Exactly. Why put them out there at this point? The, but if they want to, then so be it. But even if it's Mannion, he wants to win. Go ahead. The price is always going to be the price when it comes to quarterbacks. Like He's played so well at this point. One game is not going to make him, like, it's not going to be like, oh, my God. But one game may be like, oh, oh no. 
Could be. Right? Because I, I think only for Jimmy G now, he's undefeated. What is he, 6-0 and now? 4-0 like, in his career. 4-0 no, with the Niners, 6-0 yeah. yeah, overall. Yeah, so he's 6-0 and overall. Uh, he's played well. He's giving you guys hope. For the Niners, the, the price is going to be $25 million a year. Yeah. That's just what it is. Now, you may have a game where he may not play well, but I think, again, at the end of the day, Coach McVay is a competitor. He was, you know, I heard a story about how he was in the locker room or he was in meetings with Kyle Shanahan back in Washington back in the day, and they had these group of young guys that are going to be really good players are really good coaches who were learning how to play, learning how to coach together. That's the competitive side. That's what I want to see. Yeah, he wants to win. Yeah. You know, if you look at the 49ers, all their numbers are up offensively. Uh, More first downs. They're keeping the ball longer. Uh, Conversely, their defense is on the field uh, shorter amount of times, and they're getting better. Special teams is better. The Jimmy Garoppolo experiment works. He's your guy. What does a six win mean to you? Right. Yeah. Well, but I look at it. I'd give you C.J. Beathard and say, enjoy it. That's what I would do. No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I try and draw a parallel on the Rams side, and it's it's not uh, Jimmy G backing up Tom Brady. But if you're Sean Mannion right now, and you see what Jared Goff has done this season, you're thinking this is a massive opportunity for me to, to put down sh- yeah. some tape. Because again, this is what people fail to realize: this league is there's a lot of mediocre quarterbacks in this league, a lot of them, and you're going to see a lot of head coaches fired come Monday. You're going to see a lot of uh, quarterback change come Monday. And with that being said, this is an opportunity because you just saw what Jimmy G has done mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to either get traded and get an opportunity or be able to become a free agent if I'm Sean Mayne and have an opportunity to go out there and make plays. That being said, what's your over-under on run game carries for the Rams to oh. beat the 49ers? Because it, it, Manning out there in theory is nice, but Manning out there without Sullivan, without Whitworth, it without bombs Sammy away. Watkins. <laughs> I mean, This kid can throw. They he, may let him he, throw. He can, yeah. but I'm saying... If your thought process is putting down tape and showing what he can do, great one thing. If your if your thought process is what's our best chance at beating the 49ers shorthanded without our best players, to me it's run the football thirty times with Malcolm Brown and company. Well, yeah, that could happen. I yeah. think that, but I, I you know, we've uh, we've kind of called games where they've been in running situations. And they still throw the ball, so I know they're going to air it out, and they're, he's going to want to showcase Sean Mannion's arm. And you still have the guys with the speed out yeah. there, yeah, and showcase some of those young receivers. Here's the other thing, though: you only have two quarterbacks on the roster, so Jared yeah. is going to have to be active. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're exposing Sean Mannion not oh, only for no. Sean's sake because case, he's your backup, but also right. because if he gets hurt, then Goff is in oh. there in Week 17, which is not the design. If Mannion gets winged, then yeah. I'm running the football. I don't care about score. I'm just trying to get the heck out so of it. So if Manning gets dinged up, it becomes four-minute offense. Yeah. I'm get flipping the ball. Well, either no, I, I, yeah. I could see him even go like to Wildcat and going going uh, Tavon Austin out there. That would there be fun. And just Anything. Whatever. Right. But you're not going to put there, – there, there's uh, – I have friends who are all – I have a bunch of people that I know are all Niners fans, right, from the Bay Area. And they're all talking about, I've gotten a million texts about how Jimmy G's the savior and, and that's what they're playing off. And, and that's what the Niners have created. They've created expectation now. Um, and so with that expectation, you know, they expect to be in every game, if not win every game now with Jimmy G starting. I think for the Rams, you're playing for something completely different. You, our expectation is we're already meeting. We're there. We're in the second season. And so we're, regardless of what happens, yes, you want to call the game the same way and try to score points and do some good yeah. things and have some fun. But you still understand, like, this This game don't really mean much. We, no. we, gotta, we have a whole other deal going on. I would imagine a disjointed offensive game plan. It's going to have a semblance of a game plan towards winning, but there's going to be a lot. Let me see what this guy can do. Let me send Josh Reynolds deep. Let me send Mike Thomas deep. Let me see what they do when the ball's in the air. Let me see who competes. And behind that, let me give the ball to Malcolm a lot and get him some work. Because yes, cause you're gonna he's going to be needed in the postseason. Well, and, that's why, and I think that's the biggest thing, is you're going to see a very simple game plan, something that we saw in preseason week one, 
right, where it's going to be a lot of outside zone week or a lot of downhill runs, whatever uh, uh, Malcolm feels best. And, and then, you know, whatever fits uh, Tavon best. Yeah. Whatever fits uh, whoever else is out there best. You're going to see what's tailored to those guys. Yeah. And then that's it. You're not going to see, like, you know, the play-action pass where Cooper Cup is running no, all the way across. No, you're not going to see turn. anything that, no. that that's on film. But, it, like, Tavon Austin, if you give me the look like I'm not being used enough, great. On this series, I want to make your tongue hang out. Hmm. End the rounds. Screen on the next play. As a matter of fact, line up in the backfield, take a carry. All on one possession. And, and then You're going to get out. it as much as you want. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about the matchup with the 49ers, including four-down territory coming up on this edition of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr, MJD. I'm JB Long, but I wanted to devote at least half of this segment to Todd Gurley's MVP candidacy. Let's set the stage by going back uh, to Sunday and his 80-yard screen pass for a touchdown reception. Here's Sean McVay breaking it down start to finish. We have a negative one-yard run on the first play of the drive, and you're thinking, man, this is really important for us to respond. And then Jared does a nice job kind of dr- drifting away on the screen, and, and Todd sets it up perfectly. John Sullivan gets two people at the point of attack and then you just look at the speed for a player of his size and ability to finish. You look at a Dory Jackson. I mean, this is a track star chasing him. So uh, he's a special player. And then you just look at what he's done in the screen game. You look at what he did. You know, he's making catches behind him. I mean, 150 plus receiving yards, over 100 against, you know, the third best rushing defense in the league. That's both yards per carry and yards per game. Uh, He was as advertised. It felt like it was a big time performance and then the tape definitely uh, showed the same thing. So he, he's been great these last couple weeks. What he's meant to our football team and, and to our offense specifically with that production, you know, I, I think, you know, being your best when your best is required. We said it after the game, and, and that's exactly what Todd's been. Being you know, your best yeah. when your best is required. I've been, I've been blessed to have two teammates that were league MVP, Marshall and Kurt. And what makes MVPs to me is they defy the math of football. Um, when the, the defense says, we've got you cornered, there's no way out of this, you find a way out. Um, that was Marshall, either running the football or receiving it you know, out of the backfield. Kurt Warner, same thing. No matter what kind of coverage you threw up, he's going to beat you to the point with the football. No matter how much pressure you got on him, he's still going to deliver a strike on time and accurately. So uh, those guys defy the math. From what I've seen out of Todd this month, he's defying math. I mean, he's in the open field versus the entire secondary and he's winning. I hop you. I shake you. I stiff arm you. I run around you. And then when when they get the angle on him, he erases the angle. I mean, that's, like you said, like he just said, some of the fastest guys on your football team, you're going to put at safety. And he's making these guys look slow. And somebody made a great point. I don't think the Rams know how fast Todd is. They really couldn't test him coming out of Georgia. He was hurt. Yeah. They don't know how fast that guy really is. I think we're getting a glimpse of it. Well, that, that's the beautiful thing. I think you know, um, the one thing about Todd is that no one has a number on him, right? And in this league, it's run by numbers. So if you run a 4-3-40 at the Combine, they expect you to be 4-3 all the time. Well, Todd doesn't have a number, so no one knows how fast he is. They're just like, you know, Todd Gurley, he's a big back, he's fast. There is no number you can put to that. What we saw uh, on Sunday, he out here, he outran a guy who ran a 4-3-2. Yeah. With ease. And, and it's probably like... With the football pounds. in his hand. With yeah. the football. And Wendy's probably 40 pounds heavier than him. So Todd has some incredible juice. I think, again, though, we talked about it a couple weeks ago about December football and how November, December football, you start running the ball a little bit more. You get your guy in a rhythm. And, I mean, it seems like I don't know what game it was. It wasn't Seattle. It was a little bit before Seattle stopped. Whenever Todd, they didn't use him enough. Against was the Eagles at home. Against 
Yeah, and was then it, all of a sudden yeah. from that point, right? So it was against he's the taken Eagles. Over. Yeah, he's kind of he's looked as fresh to me at yeah. Seattle at Tennessee as he has at any point since I started covering Rams he football. He looks terrific, yeah, which is uncanny given the number of touches he does have this season. Can, can, can I make a point without offending you in the oh, room ahead, because no. you guys were c- competing in Southern California at the same time but different schools? It's almost to the effect of when Reggie Bush was still here. Yeah, every me. every time he touches the rock, everything stops. Because you know something is about to happen. I mean, you wasn't watching the kid on the other side. I, I did, of, of course. See, I didn't want to offend <laughs> you. You know no, what I'm saying? No, no, no. You're exactly right. I, I feel like uh, we said it in the broadcast that Todd is a, a space player. And, and that's what this game of football is becoming. It's about being in space and finding a way to get your athletes in space. And Todd is, if not the best space runner in this league right now, one of the top. And, and literally, you, we've seen it week after week, if it's the running game where they're creating seams and he's running through it and he's getting the open field, or is it through the screen game? Screen game's been unbelievable. It's, it's, I mean, I how mean, about this? He he's played, great at He it. played 29 yeah. games for Jeff Fisher, 515 receiving yards. He's played 15 games for Sean McVay, 788. Well, that, I think that was one of the things we talked about. Zero touchdowns, six with McVay in the receiving game. Well, I, I, last year we talked about this, about them trying to utilize him in the screen game and in the passing game. Uh, and they had some issues doing that. Uh, but Todd has always been a really good receiver. And that was one of the things I yeah. noticed when I first watched him. Like, dude, you well, you could catch the The screen ball. pass wasn't even his best well, catch. That's, his no. best catch was on the back hit on behind the, him on, on the, the drive. On the drive yeah. route, yeah. Everything, like, I think running backs can catch, but being a good receiver is a little bit different. Yes. And, like, the timing and knowing when and what the defense is giving you. Like, um, this one of the screens where he's popped, the last couple of screens he's popped, you should see him turn around. When he wants the football, like I need it now. The defense is out of position; mm-hmm. they can't catch me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's the stuff that you get better at. That came with great coaching. Uh, so every running back can catch a football, keep it from hitting the ground. But having that timing as a receiver, that stuff that's like you said, that is special. Especially on the touchdown. I mean, you're you're screening right at the left side of a blitz, right? And when Perfect he spun, like right now, give it to me and let's go. Well, and Jared has to have the time and yes. the arm angle to get it there. Well, the, the the big the biggest thing about screens, especially when you see blitz, is that the quarterback and the running back have to be on the same page. The running back is not going to hit a defender that's blitzing because you're going to just stop mm-hmm. him and then he's going to stop the screen. What Todd the quarterback's did, and, blocking that yeah, guy. Yeah, the quarterback has to block him. And what Todd did is they call it a bluff where you get in front of the guy and then you Whoop. just move out the yeah. way. <laughs> and But when you do that, the ball has to be in the air. Right because there. if the quarterback holds it too long, the guy is going to be right in his lap. And yeah. so... I mean, it was great by both Todd and Jared. And then obviously when Todd caught the ball, he set his plays up. He set his blocks up. A guy like, And I think the one thing that we, we rarely talk about about Todd is that he's a return guy. At Georgia, he was one of their top return guys. And a return guy knows how to set up blocks and mm. knows how to be in space. Well, guess what you are on screens? You're a guy with blockers, nice. and you can set up space. and, and, and Or uh, in space, setting up his blockers. And he, he, I mean, he did a great job with that. All right, so here's the other part of this MVP conversation. You have to consider what the other guy is doing. And the other Brady. guy is Tom Brady. He has, obviously, the brand. He has the position in his favor. You know, quarterback versus receiver. Quarterback's going to win at nine times out of ten. But he's not playing well in December. In fact, six picks over his last five games. When you talk about being at your best when your best is required – Look, no one's ever going to question Tom's clutch ability, but Gurley's had the better closing month, no question. I I think he's had, like you said, uh, he stole the show, he stole the narrative, but I wish you could split the baby. Um, You remove Tom Brady from New England, where are they? Okay, remove what? Tom, uh, what Todd Gurley has given you this last month? Where is this football team? I mean, they both qualify for the award. Well, I I think it's this Uh, with Tom Gronkowski has showed up 
to almost be an MVP candidate over mm-hmm. the last. I mean, the game he gets suspended, they get blown out. Mm-hmm. He comes back, they're whooping people. I mean, the last drive against Pittsburgh, he threw it to Gronk every play yeah. except for the last play. Right, they turn around and hand the ball off. I think with Todd is different because you've seen what well, is it's similar. I guess it's similar with Todd. When Todd doesn't touch the ball in the red zone, what happens? The drive stalls. We we've seen it over and over and over again. When Todd touches the ball, the drive doesn't stall. All of a sudden, you're getting closer in field goal range or closer to the goal line. You have an opportunity to do some other things. Um, you see panic just, out of the defense. Yeah. When he's carrying it in the red zone. Well, I mean, yeah. just on the fourth down play. Or where, when he's running arrows out of the backfield you, you, in just, the red zone. It's just You panic. can't cover all that. It's just ab- when you throw it away or don't give it to him, you give them a play. I mean, you're hitting Sammy on those quick slants yeah, at the goal line, and you're running Todd behind him. How do you— you got problems. Well, and yeah. I was going to say that. So, so think about this. On the fourth down play, where Tyler Higby flinched a little bit, uh, like four times, he got tackled in the backfield. Todd stepped out of it and then was then then took off and got a gain of ten. That's defying the math. Yeah, <laughs> there have you it. have it, and, yeah. that's, and I think that's the difference. All right, out of time, real quick. Who wins it, Todd or oh Todd, Tom, Todd? Wins like it. It, not who deserves it. Who do you really well, think is going to end up with the hardware? This is funny talking to, Todd. to some people in the national media. When you bring up Tom Brady MVP, they go <sighs> right boring. The fatigue, right? Todd Gurley MVP it has fresh. I think that's better for the league. All right, uh, I'm going to ask you for Rams awards after this, so I'll give you the break to think about. Uh, some of these because there's the obvious ones rookie of the year offensive defensive player of the year all those things but how about this one coach of the year on the Rams staff not named Sean McVay favorite moment of 2017 chew on those for a bit and we'll give out our Rams award since this is the week 17 edition of Rams All Access on ESPN LA see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams visit vividseats.com backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game back with DeMarco Farr Maurice Jones Drew I'm JB Long this is the regular season finale of Rams All Access week 17 previewing the contest against the San Francisco 49 Hope you'll join us on New Year's Eve at the Coliseum. We're going to do our uh, end-of-year awards here, but first, uh, a quick question, off-topic. Were you surprised the Rams didn't go back to the well in search of a place kicker after Sam Ficken missed a field goal and a PAT? Were you All the surprised? good ones are taken. If, 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 if there's a place kicker out there that's, I don't want to say worth it, mm-hmm. he would already have a job. Right. So this guy beat out the other 12. He's your best option. I could argue that the most important part about Sunday is getting Sam Ficken right. Yeah, Fair enough. Or figuring out that he's not going to be the guy and taking one more chance at it. Well, I, I think you just have to put him in, in, in opportunities. We talked about it, that 50-yard field goal being his first opportunity. If if he felt comfortable from that point, you should have let him kick that. Just because, just to say, confidence? just like, listen, we believe in you. Right, make or miss, no yeah. worries. But if he misses, where are you on the field? Yeah, but the, the same, the same <laughs> and that, place and you are, the same part, place look, you we, were. Though. We talked about all the advantage yeah. of Greg Zerline. You forget when you miss a field goal in this league, Oof. man, you're giving up Gift. a third of the field. But that's on the we, road, but, but that's <laughs> yeah. Just, but remember, that's where we were at the end of the day, anyways. Right? They got the ball at the same spot. Yeah, because of the play you called. Because the, the yeah. missed punt. The play you called. Right. Yeah, the play. So, so the no, no, day, I hear you. But in terms of stealing field position, yeah, like yeah. The, the advantage of having a guy who can bang from 56. I don't know how that guy's going to react, man. I mean, that, that that could be low off the tee and it gets blocked. I don't know anything about this guy. The last thing but, I want to do is extend his yeah. his range. Right. But not only is Zerline grabbing three from midfield, yeah. he's then kicking it through the back of the end zone and making the other team start at the 25. So you're getting points and a punt. Right. 
I mean, you're getting the yardage and the points right. with Zerline, and, and that's something that I think will factor heavily into the Rams' uh, postseason. All right, back to the regular season. Let's give out our year-end awards because this is our last Rams all-access. Uh, why don't we start here because I tease this one. Coach of the year on staff not named Sean McVay. Cromer. Aaron Cromer. The yeah, offensive my line coach. Nice, yeah. DeMarco. Uh, like you start the same five guys all year. And I said this before. Tell me how this works in today's NFL or anybody's NFL, that you could have a Pro Bowl quarterback and an MVP running back and have zero Pro Bowlers on your offensive line. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? It's, it's a respect thing. It's not and possible. So that's what I'm saying. But it's yeah. a, like I said, it's a respect thing. They, like, the names weren't thrown out there enough. They don't have the big name guys yet. And those, even though Andrew Worth is a big name, he's not – you know, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, right. but I mean, these guys have been tremendous. We talk about the screen game with Todd Gurley. Um, I go back to the preseason, the first time we saw Andrew Whitworth run the length of the field, chasing down a guy who had Mel- scooped yeah, and Melvin, scored, Melvin, Melvin Ingram, Ingram, and yeah. almost caught him. I mean, that started everything on this team, not just the offensive line. So I got to give Coach Cromer my coach of the year. Yeah, you know, uh, I've always, I, I, I'm going to second that, but I'm going to have to put out Coach Yarbs. Uh, the wide receiver coach. And I, I think what he's been able to do with the different mixes of guys from Robert Woods and free agency, identifying him as a guy that you want, um, to drafting, you know, them drafting Cooper Cup and identifying him, but then also getting Sammy Watkins and then getting him involved in, in the game. And we know that was hard. That was hard. I mean, you bring a guy in, uh, throughout training camp and then all of a sudden he has to know the whole offense within the next first couple of weeks. And then to see the production you get out of Josh Reynolds when he comes in, Farrell Cooper, his game has changed completely from last year. Even Tavon, a wide receiver, has done a little bit more uh, than what than what we all thought he was. So I, I mean, I think all, all around. And then I feel like everyone should get this though. But I just, I just had. Well, to that's the thing. There are no, there are no wrong answers. I mean, how could you argue against Bones Fossil? How could you right. argue against Easy. Wade Phillips? Don't forget Lafleur. Yeah, yeah. We talk about Jared Goff. That guy spends a lot of time with him. Greg Olson. Yeah. Here's one because I was looking for for you know underappreciated or less heralded staff members. I ultimately settled, settled on Cromer, as did you. Um, but how about uh, Edgero Evero, the safeties coach? Yeah, taking, taking yeah. a converted slot. Who, who is, you know, Lamarcus had played safety, but he is arguably the second best player on the entire roster. I mean, behind Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the football. And then you switch midstream, and going into Week Five against Seattle, Moe's gone, and and you're going to start your rookie. John yeah. Johnson the third, who has played like and one of the best Cody rookies, yeah. and you lost Cody Davis. Yeah. So to play the back end of that defense with well, new pieces, I think has been very impressive. I think, and I also think we have to talk about uh, just the way the different things were handled too. Remember, Tremaine Johnson wasn't as happy early in the uh, in OTAs. Sure, playing on the franchise again didn't he, get he his extension. Happy. You had Aaron Donald, Donald holding out. Holding out. Mm-hmm. Those things could have been massive distractions to this team. So I feel like the whole coaching staff did a great job of playing their part. And where they were able. One to other thought of, on that, you know, what made me just think of. Did you guys hear Tavon Austin's quotes after after the game on Sunday? Refresh, please. He said everything letter perfect. I could not have been more impressed with Tavon. How selfless he was, because you know, you know, he he was one of those guys who's been mired in mediocrity with the Rams for a long time. This has not been his year. This is this may not be his situation moving forward. The consummate teammate complimenting everyone from the quarterback to Sammy Watkins, guys who came in, took his reps. I was so impressed with Tavon yeah. Austin. He has won me over for life. Far cry from James Harrison and the Steelers, right? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here you are moving into the postseason. You're worried about playing time. Yeah. How about winning? Let's yeah. just focus on winning. All right. How about uh, rookie of the year as we continue with our 2017 year-end awards? Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. You going to go against Cup? Anybody? 
I can make the case for John Johnson, I think. Well, he got okay. caught. He got caught. That's a good if one. If he would have had that pick six against yeah. Seattle, then I would have been like, you're right. But he yeah. got caught from behind. But it's Cooper Cup who has a chance to become uh, the Rams' receiving rookie leader in terms of yardage in addition to that, catches on Sunday. That's like Ichiro Suzuki, calling him a rookie. This guy doesn't play like a rookie. He mm-hmm. doesn't act like a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't play like a rookie. Um, like you said, drop, first down, or touchdown, he's the same guy. You don't see that out of veteran players. Right. Amazing. Let's hope we don't see it in the same game anymore. I mean, right. I'm with you. You know True. what I mean? L- yeah. Let's just go with the game-winning <laughs> touchdown catches and not the uh, comeback story after the right. critical drop. Most improved player on the roster. Ooh. Uh, gosh, this is going to sound so bad and so crazy. Aaron Donald. Come on. No. He's, no. Not after. I, would, I was going to say Todd Gurley. He's actually gotten better. He improved his numbers from a year ago. Yeah, but you're being you're being picked. Wait, wait, and wait. he's going to do it in 14 games. You're not hearing me because he didn't play week one or 17. He he improved from last season with all the attention focused on him. Yeah, and no money. Right, and no, right. Well, he gonna get I'll all go the, with 99. Gonna the, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say I, I'm going to say uh, Jamon Brown. I think Jamon Brown and Rob Havenstein deserve to be in that category. Definitely. Because after last year, how things went. I mean. Jared gets a little bit of pressure from the right side, but nothing compared mm-hmm. to what it I mean, it's nothing yeah. what we all thought it was going to be. And those two dudes have blocked their butts off. I mean, we talked about the stretch play from the left side. Look at the stretch play to the right. Yeah. I mean, they're creating holes, and they've come to figure, figure out and, and, and understand what it takes yeah. to play. I mean, and even Rob Havenstein's going against some top-notch. Uh, and he's giving oh, up. these left ends get paid, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, can, what, that's who's getting paid now. Can we save Farrell Cooper? Because I think he's always been that guy. He just got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he could be like a, the breakout star. Yeah. Two, yeah. By the way, are you resting him on Sunday? Nah. Uh, do I, I, don't, I don't see any reason for him to return a kick on Sunday. Is there a backup return? I, I give, give it back I to Tavon. I give it, let, I, let I Tavon give, do like it. Like I said, yeah, yeah, you're going to start the possession and end it, Tavon. Look, right. Tavon may have to go out on the open market and prove that he can play that role for someone else Any in the very near future. I mean, not that you owe it to Tavon, right. but why not let Tavon go put some good things on tape to, to show he's beyond. I agree. And Farrell Cooper's a guy I'd like yeah. to protect. I need that weapon in the postseason. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Offensive player of the year, not named Todd Gurley. Not named Todd Gurley. Offensive player of the year. Andrew Whitworth. You're sticking with the left and, tackle. Look, That's uh, who we said it at the midway point. Um, front side pressure, like you saw in Tennessee, um, that affects a quarterback because he sees it coming. He's going to move if he sees mm-hmm. front side. If he, if your right tackle gets beat, it's going to affect your quarterback. Blindside pressure will kill a guy. If he can't see it and he's getting hit in the back, that's going to change the guy forever. He's going to be a short-arm release guy mm-hmm. getting the ball out. So having Andrew Whitworth out there has been huge for Jared Goff, which means huge for the offense. I, just rem- I didn't give you my most improved. I, oh, went, with Robert, I went with Robert Woods. Yeah. Coming over in free agency, had yeah. never been a number one. He is a legitimate number one for the most improved receiving core in the National Football League. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, back to Offensive Player one. of the Year, MJD, not named Todd Gurley. Well, I, you have to go with Jared Goff then. I, I feel like, um, was it 19, t- how many touchdowns in the red zone now? 21? Uh, I'll check his red zone I think it's 21 numbers. touchdowns, zero picks. Yep. First Rams That's- quarterback in history to throw for 25 or more touchdown passes with single-digit interceptions. So he has, what, 29 now? And a couple of those picks uh, were like... 28 throwing, yeah. twenty plus one rushing. So 29 yeah. total against seven picks. Uh, Two of those zone, picks weren't his, right? One bounced off Sammy. Yeah. There, that was a luck shot. Right. Uh, what happened? Did he throw... When, but, but you know what? I always yeah. think those even out because he's thrown some balls that probably should have been True, an interception. Right. But, yes, interception but the ones but, that were caught, I mean, how many were actual bad balls? Probably uh, five of seven. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and Red Zone, you're right. Uh, he's been phenomenal. I'm not sure. Uh, updated off last week. What did he get? Two last week? He had two last week. So weeks. that'd be 20 against zero picks and only two sacks in the Red Zone as well, which has been phenomenal. All right, we got to speed through these because we're out of time. Defensive player of the year not named Aaron Donald? Uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, I'll go LaMarcus Joyner. I'm with you on LaMarcus yeah. Joyner. A special teams player of the year. Not named or just anybody? You can do anybody. Uh, Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton. <laughs> Over Zerline? I'll go oh, that hurts. That's an automatic, but Corey Littleton has been great. All right, I'm yeah. putting you on the spot here. We're up against it. Favorite moment of 2017. Any play, any moment, you Ooh, name it. That's tough. Gosh, that's the last one, and we're up against it? Beating take Jacksonville. The br- take the break. Okay, take thank the break. you. Thank take you. The break. <laughs> Think about it. We'll, st- we'll, we'll come back on the other side of four-down territory with those answers on ESPN LA. All right, time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. And Nick Wagner, who covers the 49ers for ESPN and ESPN.com, joins us here on ESPN LA. Uh, Nick, it sure seems like Jimmy G has 49ers faithful believing. How has he done it? Well, it's it's been a number of ways. Of course, first of all, the performance, you look at turning this team around, a team that had lost its first nine games and now has won four in a row in his production. He actually broke a... A record held by a couple of Rams, Mark Bolger and Kurt Warner, for most passing yards thrown in his first four starts. And I think the big thing, too, is just the way he's kind of built a rapport with his teammates in, in really short period of time and uh, kind of, you know, really created the atmosphere that, that people have been looking for and longing for here in Santa Clara for a long time. How likely is it, Nick, that they're able to extend him contractually versus franchising him in 2018? That's the big question. I think right now the hope is is that they can get an extension done. That they're certainly flush with cap space. We'll have over a hundred million dollars available to make something happen. So they're not really bound by anything in that regard. It's just kind of trying to figure out what the value is for a guy who's only going to have five starts with your team going into the off season and, and finding that common ground. But worst case scenario, they they will franchise him. There's, I can't see any way that he would hit the open market, franchise him, and then have until. July to work a deal out. So they have plenty of time to try to get something done. And worst case scenario, if he plays next year under the franchise tag, they get a, a whole other season to evaluate to evaluate what he can bring, and he gets a whole other season to evaluate the way they're building around him. Nick Wagner covers the 49ers for ESPN and ESPN.com. This is Four Down Territory. Question number three, a bigger impact rookie on defense. Is it number three selection, Solomon Thomas, along the defensive front, or number 31 pick, Reuben Foster at linebacker? Yeah, it's been Reuben Foster, and, and that's that's nothing against Solomon Thomas. He's been very solid against the run, but he, he had a lot of catching up to do because he missed a big part of the offseason program. Foster is really kind of the foundational piece for this defense moving forward. He's, he's playing the will linebacker right now, but eventually he's going to move into the middle uh, and become kind of that, that quarterback of the defense, What their, their defensive version of, of Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of a charismatic young kid. His big question is, can he stay healthy? He's had a number of injury scares this year. Nothing that's held him out for a long period of time after he returned from that initial ankle injury. But still, he's the guy that I think they're hoping to build around on that defense and have Thomas kind of continue to develop to be a complimentary piece alongside him. Nick, what's the biggest glaring weakness that they need to address this offseason, the 49ers, either in free agency or the draft? I think the, the thing that they should do is actually take a page from the Rams playbook and what they did last offseason and really build around your quarterback right now and, and with Kyle Shanahan in place as your play caller. They need a number one ride wide receiver, a top guy, a uh, big physical guy, preferably on, on the outside who can be a red zone threat. They have a couple of a pretty good wideouts with Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon, but an, another guy who could compliment them, uh, help take the top off of defense as well. And then uh, bolster that offensive line, particularly on the interior. They have free agents coming up 
at, at center and at right guard. But uh, I think those are the positions they really want to, to get fixed. And on defense, I'd add in cornerback and an edge rusher as well. But really trying to build around Jimmy Garoppolo and give him the pieces he needs to maximize his success. Nick Wagner does a great job covering the 49ers. And, Nick, we look forward to seeing you at the Coliseum this weekend. Thanks for the insight. You got it. Sounds good, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy G, doing it without Pierre Garcon, or really anyone. You know, Marquise Goodwin's having a good season, but you know, Trent Taylor's a rookie. He's really been productive without a lot of help in terms of targets. Well, Jimmy G's done a great job of understanding where to go with the ball, and I think a lot of that comes from sitting behind Tom and studying that and knowing the different defenses that you're going to face. Yeah, he goes. He goes to the right. Like he doesn't do anything crazy. If the guy's not there, he doesn't throw it, and he scrambles right. around, and then he throws it to the open guy. But when they are open, man, he gets the ball there in a blank. What a difference a credible quarterback makes on any football team. Carlos Hyde goes uh, next year. We're going to win the Super Bowl, saying he wants to resign a contract year mm. for the fourth year back. I, I that bet you and Zeke was going to go for two hundred. Okay, <laughs> careful what you say. <laughs> you guys want to give me your answer? Uh, yeah. to, to finish up our award segment. Moment, one moment of the year. Moment one year. I use seeing Big Whitworth chase that guy into the end zone. Yep, that was amazing. That was I'll, in preseason. I'll never forget. Um, the other one is the third and thirty-three in New York. Third and thirty-three. You call a screen and you score from fifty-two yards out. Yeah, I know New York is bad, and it was a dumpster fire. But third and thirty-three, and you hit the end zone. I mean, come on, mm. I, it's I, all aligning for you. I, at first, I was thinking <laughs> just going to Jacksonville, and, and and obviously that being a homecoming for me. But I, I have to say, the way Seattle was when we left, I think that was playing in Seattle, beating them forty-two to seven, hearing that stadium like that, seeing the people leave like that. And I played in that stadium two or three different times, and I've never seen it that way before ever. Like that was the first time. Uh, that was crazy. And that's when we knew we had something special. I'm right there with you on all your moments. I couldn't pick one. I couldn't answer my own question. I know it's a cop-out, so I went to a, a, a bailout answer. When was the first time that I knew that this was possible? Right? Because that, that was my favorite yeah. moment is when I knew that this was possible. Preseason, I'm in the Portland airport, and I see that Sammy Watkins has been traded to the Rams. <laughs> and even though Sammy may not have had like the gangbuster year that, that was projected, that's when I knew that internally, whether it's Sean McVay, Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, internally, the expectations for this team, 2017 Rams team, way higher, way higher than anyone on the outside would have projected. No, and no right. doubt. Because you, if you're in rebuilding mode, you're not giving up second round picks no, not at all. For, for a receiver with injury trouble only under contract for one year. So they were right. They were right, and good on them for being right. Final segment of Rams All Access of the regular season coming up next on ESPN LA. Real quick version of Inside the Numbers as we begin our final segment here, Week 17 edition of Rams All Access. They both have to do with Wade Phillips. Uh, instant improvement has been Wade's calling card. No matter where he goes, the group he inherits gives up fewer points than they did the year before. This is Phillips' eighth stop as a DC. In each of his prior seven, the team gave up fewer points than they had the year before. Unless the Rams give up 99 on Sunday to the 49ers. <laughs> that will hold true for an eighth time for Wade Phillips. On top of that, his Rams are fourth in the NFL in sacks, uh, despite having just one against Tennessee. They're seven clear of fifth place uh, Titans and Chargers. And so assuming that holds, they've got a comfortable margin. Phillips will once again be top five in sacks, something that his defense has done every year since 2011. Remarkable consistency for the 70-year-old. Two guys that you can hire that are guaranteed to fix your defense overnight. And they're both old. One is Wade Phillips, the other is Dick LeBeau. There's not anything you can run against them that they haven't seen mm-hmm. or defensed or know the source of. 
right. nor the first coach that's ever tried to run that same concept. So as long as you buy into what he's teaching, you're going to be better on defense. I, the difference between those two, though, is Wade Phillips is going to get you paid. Dick LeBeau, you ain't going to get too much unless you're like a Dick LeBeau. There's someone else who's running like you're a Pittsburgh. Now Tennessee's running it. Because Wade's creating one-on-ones for you. That's yeah. it. Wade is playing basketball out there. One-on-ones yeah. across the board. If you can beat the guy in front of you, you're going to get sacks. And if you can cover the guy in front of you, you're going to get paid. Yeah. Your court. And do not, do, don't forget, he has 99. He has the best guy that puts his hand down oh, no doubt. At, at the forefront, the tip of the spear of his defense. He but knows he, how to work with those guys. But he gets credit for seeing Marcus Joyner and moving yes. him to the proper position. Michael Brockers out to the, the end. Best put, use of Brockers. Even in. Tree and Barron have, have thrived. That, to me, is the biggest culture change. Getting 22, Tremaine Johnson, to buy in. Not just to this defense, but the entire team culture. Mm-hmm. He's become a leader. You, you, know, you know what that was, though? And that was another big moment, was that Colts game. Remember when he was like... Forty points, I can, I, we can do that, mm-hmm. and that literally was the day I felt like he bought in when they blew them out. All right, closing questions here in this final segment of Rams All Access. Any division more stable at quarterback than the NFC West? I was thinking about this with Jimmy G coming to town. Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, Jared Goff, three out of four teams in this league, you can probably say we know who the quarterback's going to be for the next five years. The only other division that I could think of where that might be the case would be the South. Yeah, NFC South. And that's dependent on Breeze playing playing it out. But if he's looking at a two- or three-year horizon, not so much. They might be better. I mean, if you want to count Winston as an established starter, Mm -hmm. Then they would have it over the they, NFC West. I don't know what Arizona is going to do, but I, I bet they do something down there to oh fix no, that spot. They're taking a quarterback, uh, possibly the quarterback from Wyoming. That's looking like the guy yeah. that they had their eye on. Or retread. Could be Aaron's last oh, shot. It, it depends if could be Aaron's a veteran guy. And Fitz yeah. or Paul. Yeah. You never know. Well, you never yeah, know what's going to happen see, there. I, I definitely think the AFC South has something there with Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, if he comes back healthy, Marcus Murray. Yeah, but you can't say with any certainty that for the next five years you know what three or the four teams are going to play a quarterback. Why, Not well, with, I think you can. I think Luck is still going to be there. Well, uh, that's a big question mark. Really? You yeah, think I don't even know what Luck and is how, anymore. And how yeah. about Jacksonville? Well, th- that's Ooh. the one. No one knows what yeah. Jacksonville is, but you still have three. You have Deshaun Watson, who yeah. lit the league on fire. You Guess have. who's the hottest quarterback in December? Was. Was. Like was. Was. <laughs> until last week. Yeah. Uh, the 2018 home schedule was finalized by virtue of the Rams and the Eagles both clinching. Uh, did you see how impressive that home slate is? Don't, yeah. Don't forget, one of those games is probably going to be moved abroad, Mexico or London or somewhere else, but man, that looks great. What, what, what are they? I, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. So you got your your home slate with the division plus the Eagles now coming to town and the Vikings I believe because you're going to Detroit yes. and you're going to Chicago. <laughs> Get your tickets now. <laughs> Packers with Rodgers. Yes, that's going to be Ooh. fun. Maybe Mahomes at quarterback. That's the down, that's the downside of winning your division is you get <laughs> right. matched up with the ones now. Uh, road schedule still waiting on an NFC South champ. It'll either be a road trip to Carolina or New Orleans. A lot to decide. Uh, there. Don't want to gloss over this. Uh, Jared Goff will have the day off, we think, we assume, we hope, on Sunday with Sean Mannion starting. He will be active. But how about the fact that after an 0-7 start, beg your pardon, to the rookie's career, he's back to 500, 11-11 after two years in the league. That's crazy. Good for you, man. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, the only guys out there that have win-loss attached to the name is the, the coach and the, and the quarterback. So good for you. That matters. Yeah, and like we said earlier, first quarterback in Rams franchise history to throw for 25 or more touchdowns in a season with single-digit interceptions. Final thoughts as we go into the final regular season games against San Francisco. MJD, go ahead and lead off. Uh, I just remember, I, it's not even a thought, it's just how far Jerry Goff has come from the times of people calling him soft. 
from la- at the end of last year to this year saying he couldn't take a hit, he couldn't do these things, to now be able to kind of mash that noise, get with Todd Gurley, get with Tyler Higbee, some other guys, start training together, creating a culture in the offseason, to now what that's kind of brought in, uh, full, been brought in full circle and now all of a sudden they're they're you know you're winning games so uh, excited for them I understand this last game they may not play but some of the things they did this off season is really what put them in the position to be where they are now you know what I'm going to say man forget about playoffs forget about seeding it's 49er week I don't care who's starting oh, I was waiting for I don't it. care who's starting it's don't them do that. it's us against them no, let's go not. get the W it's not absolutely us against them. it's us against the second it's the season. 49ers 49er week get your mind right in the Royal and Yellow cannot wait <laughs> to see you Sunday looking forward to seeing Sean Mannion and Malcolm Brown right. and Bryce Hager and Corey Littleton and a lot yes. of guys who are building their NFL futures thanks for being with us for this entire season of Rams All Access here on ESPN LA. Happy New Year.